Welcome to What Shall We Say to These Things. I'm TJ. And I'm MJ. And this is a low-key ghetto Bible study. Yes. Um, we've... We've, re- we've really quickly made our way to the end of Ruth chapter 4. Right. Uh, to the end of Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> we've quickly made our way to the end of Ruth. Um, it was just four chapters. Right. Um, I feel like Esther took us a good minute, but yeah. we've gotten here very quickly. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Okay. Ready? You're joining us today. Okay. Yes, yeah, so this is the point where we ask you to... Did we finish saying what we were saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, so this is the point where we ask you to pause the video and pray. And then we'll get into it. Alright, so... um, This... Splitting up the verses in this chapter was a bit interesting. Because like, there's a clear-cut split. Mm-hmm. However, I decided to go against the cut a little bit. Um, You know, I like the usual cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we didn't quite get that much of it this week. But so our first section is verses 1 to 10. And it starts by telling us that the very same day, Boaz goes to the city gate. And this is telling us the same day in relation to chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Where... um. Ruth has spent the night at the threshing floor and she leaves early in the morning and they tell us I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a couple of hours has passed. I don't think he waited <laughs> that long. I think he went straight to the city gates. And then when he sees the relative who's closer to um As I'm like, than he is, he calls out to him and he says, I hey, come sit, I want to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And then he proceeds to call ten of the city elders who were standing around and ask them to come and join them as well, sit and Witness. Witness the conversation. Mm. And then he proceeds to tell him, he's like, hey, I don't know if you know, but since Naomi has come back from Moab, she's selling Elimelech's property. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving you, by being close of closer relation, have first dibs. Mm-hmm. So I'm just making sure you're aware. And he says, if if you don't want to buy it, though, I, w- I will buy it. Mm-hmm. I'll buy it. And the guy says, no, no, no problem, I'll buy it. And he's like, but you should know that it's being sold under the condition that the buyer takes Ruth as their wife. And then the guy went, I don't, I don't think I want to do that because basically I am buying this property to only have to hand it over to her firstborn son. I don't think I can afford to do that. Um, I'm taking away from my own descendants' inheritance mm-hmm. in the in by doing that. So he's like, I, no, I don't think I want to do this. And then they explained to us that at that time, Anytime there was a sale of land going on, either somebody was buying or selling, the custom was that one man would take off his shoe or his sandal and hand it to the other man. So the other relative takes off his sandal and he hands it to Boaz and he says, I am giving up my right to buy this property. And so Boaz holds the sandal and he speaks to the city elders and everybody else who has gathered to see what was going on. Um, and says, you are witnesses. Today I am buying all the property that belongs to Elimelech and his sons. I will also marry Ruth, Marlon's widow, so that his name would not be lost in the lineage of the tribe of Judah. And that was the end of verse 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, time to unpack. Um, I, this chapter helped me understand why everybody knew everybody's business. <laughs> because... Every five transaction, ten of the the village um, uh, elders, elders have minimum to be there. of ten, right? Yeah. So it makes sense. And we realize that it's not just the elders there. People can stop 
Right, he's and, at the gates. And mind your business. Yeah. yeah. So this is why everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah. Um, for the first, for, like, starting in the very, very beginning of this chapter, what I see is that Naomi was right about Boaz. Mm. Like, he did not wait. He did not pause. He did not um, go to the collect pay. He went straight mm-hmm. to the city's gate. He wasted no time. He was on a mission. And um, what is it? What do they say on the internet? He understood the assignment. <laughs> he was set. Um, so that was my first point takeaway. Okay. The, my second, the second thing I have, right? Was I was a little sus of Boaz. I feel like he set the other I guy up. I have that down. I have that down. This feels like a setup. Yeah. This feels like a setup. Hey, I feel like, I genuinely feel like he went in there with a plot. And he set this guy up. Yeah. Like, um, like he, he said, the land is for sale. Um, you you have first choice. Mm-hmm. I'm, also, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you about it. And if you don't I want, want it, it I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy's like, no, I want it. I want it. And then he's like, here's catch, though. <laughs> here's the catch, though. You had to take the woman with it. You have to take the woman with it, and um, like I think I have other points around that, but so but for me, that big, was yeah big setup vibes. That, that I, was, I have that. Now. It almost feels like a setup, but it was also interesting to me. The, that's I don't know if that was a, is part of the storytelling style, or if like that contributes to the evidence that Boaz set the guy up because. Like, I feel like earlier in the story, they could have told us that Naomi was selling the land. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is the first we're hearing of it. Mm-hmm. So, is it part of Boaz's... I, like, I, 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 I want believe to that, I believe that she was genuinely selling the land. Okay. Um, because that would have been a way for her... To immediately get a source of income. income yeah. you know? And also, like, more than likely, she would have been downsizing. Because more than likely, um, it would, might have been... It might have been agricultural, agricultural land, yeah. um, and like she no longer has any men in her life to do the work. So keeping the land doesn't make sense for her, and and otherwise she would have to hire people. She didn't have money in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I think I do believe that she may have been selling, um, selling, the, selling land. the land. But yeah, that just another instance where the storytelling method is jarring for me because like we don't we didn't know that we find out when. She, Boaz is talking about it mm-hmm. that she's selling the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that helped me believe that it was a setup. But yeah, you you right. She would be selling the land, and it would be a good ploy as well to get Ruth married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like previously in reading the book, I'm always like sneering, I guess, at the the redeemer guy. Even though now, well, now I'm rooting for Boaz, but um, it just seems like oh, he's inferior. But reading it now, I'm like, the dude has every right not to mm-hmm. want to get a wife while he's buying land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's not typically how buying land works, <laughs> right? But I, I think it's more complicated than that. And it's it's land that is not going to um add to hit the inheritance that he passes on to exactly. his descendants. Yeah. So it's he has every right to refuse. He has like yeah, he has every right to refuse the offer. Ah, now knowing the full story. The full story. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on that point, I thought it was interesting because we we made a thing up. We made a we, like we had a. I don't know if we ha- we recorded it, but to me we had a conversation about the fact that Boaz was not married, and it's interesting because it looks like this guy yeah, is not, not married, married either. either. Yeah. Like unless it's a unless, thing where they have two wives. Yeah. I but I think that. it's also interesting that possibly mm. he's not married either, to to the point where we offering him a wife with land. Like, buy the land, get a get a get a free, yeah, wife. free wife. Um, but yeah, 
And I think, um, picking off the last point you made about him, it not being land, he gets to keep. Because I think, I think I, I might have been, I might have read it in a particular version, where it, where he says that, um, he'd be paying for the land only, only to, to have to give, give it back. Yeah. And I was like, I, cause, and I think it says it's, he couldn't afford to do that. And I think, literally, it may be a, a situation where he could not afford yeah. to buy the land just to give it back to yeah. the, the family. Because, um, like, he could buy the land and then sell it. If or he could his... buy the land and work it and, and you know, yeah. and keep it al- in for his descendants. But this is a situation where yeah, he, can't he can't do that. Do that. He's literally giving money away. Yeah. yeah. That's literally what it is. Which is interesting because it looks like this is something Boaz is comfortable, comfortable doing. doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it goes back to our whole idea of who he is right. from the time... His generosity. From his entrance into our whole market, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, another point I had is that we, last time we were talking about we didn't know who Ruth's husband was. I, we find out this time around. We find out, we find out this time around. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it was... I'm, I'm not even sure which version I got the name in, but it's, I was reading it somewhere and it, they referred to her, Ruth, as Marlon's wife. Mm. Yeah. They were talking. They were preserving Marlon's um, lineage, but I, I didn't put this in my notes, but it was a thought I had. Like what? The, um, this is going to be a noisy um, um, recording. We have two hooligans in the the room with us, so <laughs> uh, anything could happen. What would have happened, right, if both Ruth and Opa had come back? Ah, like <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think. That's what your that's your input, sir. Yeah, like what would what what I guess um Boaz might have to check his brother. I don't know. Like would they have both needed? Cause like the land would have then had to be split between the descendants of the uh, two sons. Uh, okay. So like there was just like a whole other yeah a whole other scenario that like. What is it? Sir, you have you have your two cents to add? Come. Come and tell us. Come closer to the mic. Yeah. We need to hear you clearly. Yeah. So this was this was um this was what shall we say to these things? T J M J featuring ginseng. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so um that 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 thought crossed my mind. I think like literally this morning, um, what would have happened mm-hmm. if there had been two daughters in law? Two daughters in law who needed providing for yeah but that was that was it Boaz would end up with two wives <laughs> we don't know okay yeah so that's I think those are all the main points I have and the last thing I have was Boaz was about that life though <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was ready yeah he was ready yeah he, he was for it yeah you have anything else you Mm-mm. want to share okay so last 11 last 12 11 verses ish we're looking at 11 to 22 okay so basically the elders and the people who stopped by to be nosy and witness the transaction respond by saying we are witnesses the property is now yours to buy and then they continued by speaking blessings on boaz's family they said um may his wife be like rachel and leah the mothers that all the tribes of israel came from and then they said, May his house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore unto Judah. And so it was just um, blessings of, I guess, his quiver being full mm. and a, a, like a, a good home and a good family and that kind of thing. And then 
we move on. So we are told Boaz married Ruth and she had a son. And then the women say unto Naomi, Praise the Lord. He has given you a family. May his name be famous throughout all of Israel. He will continue your family line and will take care of you in your old age. Your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is with more than seven sons, has given him to you. And Naomi took the baby into her arms and loved him as her own son. And then we are told that the women around her, the women in the neighborhood, gave a, a suggestion for the baby's name. And they spread the news. Naomi is a grandmother. She has a grandson. And it looks like they agreed with the name that the women suggested and they named the baby Obed. And he became the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. Now these are the descendants of Perez, the son of Judah. Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron was the father of Ram, and Ram was the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab was the father of Nashon, and Nashon was the father of Salmon, and Salmon was the father of Boaz, and Boaz was the father of Obed, and Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David and that's the end dun, dun. of chapter four, 4 as well as the end of the book of Ruth okay cool cool so let's 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 get into this portion like this <laughs> was my first note is like a twofold thing first the community the people of the community were nosy <laughs> <laughs> but also they seem to be very positive because throughout the book we get this general thing of People's interactions with each other, were, there were a lot of blessings being spoken. Mm. So, like when Boaz came to the field, he blessed um, the employees. The employees. When Ruth came to him in the, on the threshold floor, he blessed Ruth. Mm. And in this situation where he has agreed to buy the land and marry Ruth, um, the people, the elders and the people who are witnessing, speak blessings onto him mm. and his family and his future offspring as well. So, I think that was. Um, I think that, that was a beautiful thing for me. And I think that that is something that we as a society, a modern society, I might have lost. Mm-hmm. And I think we maybe need to, maybe that's in a how I should live my life. I needed mm-hmm. to have taken note of that. But I think that's a beautiful thing to greet people with blessings and mm-hmm. in conversation to, to, to speak blessings onto their families and their, mm-hmm. their descendants and their lives. Mm-hmm. One of the blessings I read in one of the versions was that they were hoping that Boaz would be well known. Um, mm. And they essentially go down in history, mm-hmm. and you could def- you could clearly see that happening mm-hmm. yeah. as you read. So. Yeah. so that's one of my points. Another thing that I found in- what not not I found interesting because like with the number of times it's documented um, throughout the Bible, like you kind of make sense. You kind of make sense that they would they would be aware. But I thought it was interesting that they were very so aware of their ancestry and their mm. lineage because they were able to sp- like, specifically say. Um, Rachel and Leah, they were specifically able to say Perez, who Tamar born to Judah. Mm-hmm. And like at the end, when we get the, the listing of the lineage, we've realized that Perez is not that far away, mm-hmm. um, which in context of the bigger picture means that Rachel and Leah are also not that far away in terms of lineage because okay. um, Judah is, is um, direct the, from... Their child. Right, from... Yeah direct um, descendant of the um, Rachel-Leah line. Mm. I'm saying it like they're one person, <laughs> Rachel and Leah. Um, but I thought it was interesting. And I and I think I think that stood out for me because of how I feel about 
Those... not knowing my own ancestry and not knowing my own lineage. So I think um, that that is why that stood out for me. That's why that was significant for me. But I thought it was really cool that, you know, they know who their ancestors are and they are able to chronicle it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And use it in their blessings. Yes. So I think that's what I need to start doing. Um, you know, when I bless you and I say, may you be like your grandmother, <laughs> grandmothers and your great grandmothers. <laughs> you know, I think that's cool. Um, my points were just, I guess, most on this section, most like, like, they were not, I don't know how to explain it. They were just observations. I don't know. Like, okay, so they bless. I find we don't know a lot about Paris. We don't find mm. a lot about him in the Bible. Um, but we have to assume that he was a great man because they use him mm-hmm. as a blessing for Boaz. And um, we also find out that Boaz is a direct descendant of him. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. And I was also, it made me also think that it's possible that people don't think to record um, people's lives until they become great people. Great people. Mm. So, um, I guess it was must have been too late for parents or everybody already knew he mm. was great so it didn't make sense recording it. But I feel like the story of Ruth is only recorded because she's an ancestor mm. of King David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it could have been I like cuz to me it's such an obscure um story mm-hmm. like we don't know that I, I don't think it, I don't think that like that's why it was recorded okay me not say I don't think that's why it was recorded I think I feel like they were recording everything but it was so, but it's so strange the Moabites um who marries a, a a farmer essentially that's what he was but I think it was included in um okay in the in the bible right because because of that context because like somebody had to because like to have the exact conversation she has with um naomi but i like listen obed growing up you don't see naomi telling him the story like his whole life that's true and so that would become an important story to him and he would pass it on to jesse and he would pass it on to his sons mm. yeah yeah okay i get you yeah yeah, in, like in hindsight, it became a significant story. Right. I get you. I, that's what I am processing. Mm-hmm. And another thought that came to me is like, why didn't Ruth have a child? Like before mm-hmm. Boaz, like. But we don't know how long they were married for. That And to me, that makes it even more um, crazy. That she left her family. That she left her mm-hmm. family. If they were not married for long. It's two things. Either they couldn't get pregnant, which is becomes a bit of a meh. It depends on which one of them mm-hmm. was the challenge. Well, we but know it's not her. <laughs> no, because it becomes a miracle her getting mm, pregnant okay, if okay. it was her. Okay. But then you have the concept of if they were um, shortly married, they if he died shortly after they were married, mm-hmm. she it's even crazier that she left her with, family. This, with this lady that mm-hmm. she hasn't known for that long. Yeah, because yeah, I think I think when we talked about it, it said the like they died within a ten year span, of I get I'm not sure if it was moving to Moab or if it was in ten years of their father's death. Mm. I'm not sure. Like I would have to go back and look at um, no, but I, th- I think it was like a ten year span. So it's very possible that depending on what age they moved, the those the boys moved to Moab. Mm-hmm. they may have only become a marriageable yeah. not just age but of like position and 
ability to provide for a family mm-hmm. at a certain point and then die shortly after. Yeah. So that, that that's an interesting point. Um, one of the things I have is that the babies, the the women talk about the baby being a, de- a descendant of Naomi, while the baby actually has no relation to Naomi. Ah, like, wow. She's he. Sh- the baby's related to Elimelech and Malon. Okay. But the baby has no kind of actual relation. We don't know that for sure, right? But like, like Naomi could be related to Elimelech. Right. We don't know that for <laughs> sure. But like based on what she said, she says, um, Boaz is Elimelech's re- mm. relative. So, as far as we know, this baby has no direct connection, biological connection to Naomi. But he's considered to be her descendant. This is her oh. grandson. I thought that was very interesting. Mm. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that is interesting. The second thing I have, also in relation to Naomi, is that in my mind, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because like watching TV, to TV and um, movie and and cartoon adaptations of the story of Ruth, she's portrayed when they come back to um, Bethlehem as a more mature person. But the women tell her, this child will take care of you in your old age. Which means she can't be that old. But we were, as we were just talking, you were talking about something. Or how Perez and Rachel and Leah are not that far away. But I'm processing that, like, these people would have been having kids early. That's the other thing. That's what I I thought about when I was looking at this point. Um... When when we when like when Bible scholars look at Mary the mother of Jesus, they're talking about her being like fourteen years old, fourteen, fifteen when she has this child. And so we're looking at the average woman possibly starting having children, what we consider the teen years. Mm-hmm. Um and so um it's very possible that Naomi could have had ten year old sons when she was twenty five. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So Another 10 years, day 25, she's 35. Mm. So, like, as as in my mind, she's a more mature person, but... It's very possible. It's very possible that she's not that old. Mm. And, um... But then it also put into context for me, like, we're talking about Boaz being an older person, but we also have no idea of, like... What age is considered to old. be an older person. Yeah, and especially in relation to... Especially in relation to the fact that we don't know how young Ruth is it's, either. Yeah. yeah. So I think... I think all of that came into perspective for me, mm-hmm. looking at them talking about the child taking care of her in her old age. Because I'm like, how old will this child have to get <laughs> to be able to take care of you? Like, you know, we're anticipating you getting to old age and that, that type of stuff. But something that um, um, I didn't have a note of it, but I processed it while I was reading that part, where they talk about this child taking care of her. Um, it's this faith and this positivity because um i naomi this is something i experience like regularly um uh where something bad happens and then i'm i'm almost holding my breath when a good thing happens because mm. i'm afraid like it's going to be ruined because by another bad, by thing. Another bad thing and so here are these people naomi's lost literally all the men in her life and it's tragic and here is another man in her life another um, male um and they're calling him somebody who's going to provide for her but the people who are supposed to provide for her um 
she lost them, mm-hmm. and nobody is processing that this could be another reality. Mm-hmm. But we're not dealing, we're not dwelling on that. But I, I think, think that's beautiful. And I think also in the the they talk about Ruth, and they say she's of more value to you than seven yeah, sons. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't think they like ignoring the fact that she has lost the men in her life. Her no, sons. no, that's no, not no. What I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. But I'm I'm saying in in light of that they saying yes you may have lost two of your sons, but here's your daughter-in-law who's of va- more value to you than seven sons. Mm. So I thought I was just tight and intricate because they they say that around the same time. Okay. But I just thought it was a beautiful thing to say, and especially considering the value that would have been placed on sons, sons yes. in that, that culture that was... in that in, in their custom. So I thought it was just like you know, I think that was a that was a beautiful thing like to have. I don't know that I necessarily want a mother-in-law to say that about me, mm-hmm. but like just to know that, like, she was appreciated. Right. She yeah. Was appreciated. That um, that like there was so much value in the relationship, mm-hmm. in the connection that that comparison could have even been made, and, and it not was even obvious. And not it was, the, the interesting thing is the comparison was not even made by Naomi. That's what I It's see. people about people outside. Around. Who like, made that comparison? That that keeps coming back. That everybody knows how Ruth is taking care of Naomi. Yeah. That keeps coming back. It's become obvious. It's it's um it's visible. It's not a secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and another thing that uh, this section had me thinking about was the reception that Obed receives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. His grandmother, like, who you are seeing, is not necessarily even related mm-hmm. to him. Is so excited about him. All the women in the neighborhood, um, and he's before he existed. The the village elders have already blessed, blessed him. him. Yeah, and I was just thinking that that's so beautiful. It it made me think of a conversation I was having with mommy about our our cousin's new baby, um, on the way, mm-hmm. and I was telling her how excited I am to meet this little person, mm-hmm. and she was saying like, that is what um. Every child deserves to, mm, to come into experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, to to have people looking forward to their their existence mm-hmm. and looking forward to loving them and already loving them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's I guess I could have seen that in this story. Okay, that, I understand. Um, yeah, it became a real like a real process for you because you could relate. Right. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, one of the things. I have here is that it like the other relative who is closer um would not buy the land because he did not want to have to support Malon's lineage right? mm-hmm. but in doing exactly that Boaz went down in history as an ancestor of King David and eventually as an ancestor of Jesus mm-hmm. and I think like because like that was an act of like pure selflessness, mm-hmm. I I am putting this money. I am basically paying to maintain Malon's lineage. And I think it's interesting because like Malon is not mentioned in the lineage, <laughs> but but just his action because like technically what they were saying is that Obed would have been counted as Malon's, not necessarily descendant, but like. Marlon's property and everything would have been passed on through him. Um, so, so like if you think about it like that, it's possible that even where um, Jesse lives and where David grew up might have been Marlon's property. That's just that's just an interesting thought I have. But yeah, um, but yeah so he basically p- 
paid, like took money out of his pocket to ensure that Malon's lineage was not wiped out. Mm. And then as a result, a direct result of that, he's able to go down in history as like ancestor to the Messiah. Mm. I think that's, I think that's beautiful, you know, just think that's beautiful. Yes. Poetic so. justice it's, in a beautiful way. It's it's thing because both of Obed's parents have showed self sacrifice, mm-hmm. and um, it's like you're saying it's poetic. It's it's it is appropriate mm-hmm. for them to be yeah. the ancestors of the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a side note. It's not mentioned in this chapter, but just like just for like historical reference, Boaz is the son of Rahab from Jericho. Mm. And so he has a family of a family history of loving and embracing foreign women who have accepted the God of Israel. <laughs> so yes. foreign women who have accepted the God of Israel—that's Boaz's brand. Yes. Like his mother, his wife. And I I think it's interesting because I'm wondering like, was Rahab still alive mm. at this point? Like, did she get to meet Ruth? Like, would they have bonded over like foreign women things? <laughs> you know, like I I just thought that was like, I think that's nice. And I think that I think being aware of that may have also been why he would have been so open and uh, willing to embrace her despite her being a foreigner. Yep. Do you have anything else you want to share? Nope. That's all of my points. Okay. So you want to tell us about what you learned about God or what you were reminded about God? Okay. So they're all in a ball and some of them make me very uncomfortable. Um, But it reminded me of that. I don't know where it's taken from. I should have checked that out. But God um, being the one who gives and who takes away. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it made me think, I'm going to choose to <laughs> to ap- apply it figuratively because mm, non-figuratively, like, it, I can't. But um, <laughs> essentially, God allowed Elimelech, Marlon, and Kilian to die um and and we could say because we we don't it's not necessarily because because, Mm -hmm. yeah but it's that happening allowed allowed Mm -hmm. for ruth and naomi to move back to um bethlehem and indirectly cause king david and king solomon and eventually king jesus to be born Mm -hmm. so like applying that is sometimes God allows bad things to happen, our Elimelechs and our Malans and our Kilians to die, so that the King Davids and King Solomons and King Jesuses can be born. And like that, like <laughs> it's a difficult thing it's a to process. Difficult thing to process yeah. that um, sometimes something has to be given up or lost or lost mm-hmm. um, for something necessary and something um, beautiful to happen and I guess that is the the basis of our existence as humans mm-hmm. you know um, childbirth is painful and um, life is painful and um, being a Christian is difficult but what we have to be keeping in mind during the dark days is that something better is coming something better is in store um, we have something to look forward to we have hope and that leads into the whole my that will lead into my um my things about me so okay. i'll leave that one later okay 
um i think my two points um kind of skirt around the point you just made and the first one is that god sees the big picture Mm. so while i might be struggling with what is happening now he can see what is happening like 10 years down the line and and then in the second part is that because he can see the big big picture i can be assured that this i guess this leans into my thing but the me part but but the point i have is that he's working all things together for my good Mm. and so at the end of the day like he's doing his thing and i can i can believe that it's all for my good Right. so my next point um connects somewhat to that it's about you know this this book reminds me of, about god's providence and um his favor um working um because like i don't have um my like david my what was she uh, his great grandmother jesse jesse was his father so obed would have been his grandfather mm-hmm. so it was yeah ruth i don't have my great-grandmother's history lying mm-hmm. around for me to read but that doesn't mean god wasn't involved in her life mm-hmm. in, in the sense mm-hmm. that um worth i it had me thinking like worth um what you we've been saying tides turned um, you have her pictures on the wall <laughs> well both of them yes. on your father's side yeah with, t- with tides turned and um were things um flipped on their heads so that she could end up where she should be um so you could be so here. that i could be here mm-hmm. yeah and so like god knows my origins like intimately like he he knows where i come from mm-hmm. and he knows what had to happen for me to be here and like that is just it's it's mind-blowing it's awe-inspiring and it led to my um my me um like yeah people always joke about some kids being accidental Mm -hmm. but like i know that there's lots of uh i guess what's the word um it's not clear how we can accept like all of us being here on purpose because some for a lot of us bad things had to happen for us mm, to exist okay. right? yeah. but I think that me being here me being who I am happened on purpose maybe not necessarily the circumstances right but um, and, and I, I no, I, 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 I feel like, like the circum- circumstances were allowed like okay. they were not necessarily the, the, the best circumstances like if we talk about if we're talking maybe we should have this as a side conversation because I feel like we're going along here <laughs> But yeah, I get what you're saying, but I feel like, and and what, yeah, I I think it's it's more complicated than how I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. But my my being here is part of God's purpose, and that means that I have a purpose, mm. right? Mm. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to take away, and me being here also, um, being part of God's purpose, can help me to trust him because like he's being intentional mm. and so anything that happens to me is part of the plan part of the plan and so i need to trust him when the 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 bad is going on and um praise him when the when you know 
my I'm holding my grandson mm. in mm. my hands. That's, that's, um, that like my the point I have about like myself is that like Naomi, it is okay for me to voice my sadness and bitterness mm. when I feel like God is dealing bitterly with me. I think it's that that's fine. I can I can I can I can tell him like what is going on like why are you doing this? Like yeah. that's okay. But on the flip side, like you saying, when he brings me the moments of joys, I need to lift my hands and my voice and praise him. Okay. My I only have other point. one more point, and let me do it before you do that. Well, no, do that one. They related. Okay, so um, <laughs> I think I'm I I mentioned this last week when I spoke about Naomi's view of Boaz. Okay. Um, and I think I had to bring it back this week because I'm still struggling with procrastination <laughs> and I just need to be like Boaz and get the job done Yes. in, in terms of going and telling the people as well as having a children <laughs> <laughs> oh, your mother would love that your mother your mother would love that get the job done <sighs> okay um, I don't remember what I was going to say I was going to say something related to that and then my point Oh, um, for procrastinators, they recommend the five-second rule. You say, five, four, three, two, one, and at one, you get up and do it. Mm. It works. I've seen it. I've tried it. It works. At, at one, I would go, five, four, three, two, <laughs> one. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to help you um, do what you have to do. But yeah, in relation to Boaz doing what he had to do, I think it's also important for me to recognize when... I can't afford, afford to do stuff mm. like the other guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, not all of us are made to be as heroic as Boaz. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize when when we should be Boaz. Because mm-hmm. I think there will always be times where we need to extend that amount of generosity and self-sacrifice. And when we need to realize that that is going to... It's going to hurt us. To long term. Long term. And mm-hmm. our and our descendants. Mm-hmm. Our, our The people we care about as well. Um... And that's not the sacrifice God calling us to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's important to find the balance and be able to recognize. I guess it will require Holy Spirit guidance to recognize when we should be Boaz, when we should be this other guy. Mm-hmm. But like, um, can, will I remember the thought? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> as you say that, I remembered one last thing. I, I, it just came to me. I was like, it's okay to low-key set people up sometimes. <laughs> get your land. Get your wife. Okay. okay. Get your life. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I thought you were talking about Naomi, but this is even better. Right. <laughs> you said set people up. <laughs> oh, matchmaker. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily advocating for that because then people might want to try and set oh, me up. So, okay, okay, okay. I mean, if you think that's your role in life, then go ahead. Right? <laughs> but, like, get your man, get your life, get your wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, we've come to the end of Ruth 4. Um, finally well not finally it's it's been a blink of an eye yeah, yeah. and um, we said we will go in next with um, Genesis which chapter where does that start know. let's let's let's, go- let's google it okay let's google it so we're looking we start with we start with Abraham yeah okay let us see where does Abraham come in into the story let's see Genesis chapter 12 okay so we start with Genesis chapter 12 and I'm assuming we're doing the whole chapter. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I have no idea how long the chapter is, but let's see. It is... It is... Yeah, we could do that. Okay. 20 so, verses. 
all right so genesis chapter 12 next time um tune in uh and as usual we'd love to hear your thoughts your comments anything that stood out to you on ruth um anything we missed that you think was important um we'd love to learn from you yep all right so this has been what shall we say to these things i'm tj and i'm mj and until next time we're, we're out, out.